0: YouTube recommendations emphasize long form, Facebook quietly launches TikTok competitor, Snapchat doubles down on friendship, Facebook's push into television ads hits brick wall, and New York Times releases damning Facebook report. It's Monday, November 19th, 2018. All of that is coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 342 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 342 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of braveadworld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week, or as close to it as I can, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wiggert, and man, we have a lot to get through this week. So much happened; it was actually quite the challenge to keep up with all the changes this week in terms of putting together the show. But before we get into that, just a heads up: there will not be an episode next week, taking a break for the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. But with that out of the way, let's get into our headlines and talk first about YouTube and their emphasis on long form. So really another bite's kind of been taken out of snackable content. A recent look at YouTube's algorithm actually shows the service has shifted its recommendation algorithm from focusing on short, bite-sized videos to focusing more and more on long-form content. Now, that may seem counterintuitive when most video views are happening on smartphones, but 54% of those video views are actually of content 20 minutes long or longer. YouTube's algorithm is helping with this. A recent study from Pew Research Center, they actually found that YouTube's algorithm emphasizes two main factors. First, it drives users to popular creators. So YouTube is emphasizing some of their quote unquote YouTube stars. Second, it drives users to content that's long form, which means it's at least nine and a half minutes long. There's one simple reason for this shift advertising. The longer the video, the more opportunities to insert ads, and creators have embraced the shift with tutorials lasting at least 12 minutes and other YouTube influencers developing content 45 minutes in length or longer. Users are more likely to watch an ad when they've invested in a long-form piece of content. So a 15-second ad playing before a minute-long video, that seems like kind of an unfair trade-off, so they move on. But a 15 second ad before a nine minute video, well, that seems pretty reasonable. The the era of just pre-roll dominance, it's over. Now we have pre-roll, post-roll, and the potential for multiple mid-roll ads in the midst of longer form content. And all of this is coming about in the age of ad blockers and users being less likely to engage in ad content. So this move it's purely motivated by monetary reasons, but it also flies in the face of the myth, in the face of the myth that short bite-sized content is the holy grail, the be-all, end-all. That's certainly the case for ads, but when it comes to assets designed for people to lean back and consume, eh, the longer the better. All right, let's talk about what Facebook is doing to go after TikTok. So, Facebook has this new app It's called Lasso. It's now available to download on iOS and Android. So Lasso is Facebook's take on the app TikTok, which has a considerably large teen user base. And much like TikTok users of Lasso, they can create short videos with music tracks and video editing tools. Users can see what hashtags are trending and add hashtags to their own content. They can also follow popular creators if they so choose. Now, Typically, Facebook standalone apps that attempt to duplicate features of existing platforms, for example, Poke, which was a Snapchat clone, they fail to gain users and fall flat and eventually get shut down, just like to just like Poke. But but that's not really the point. This is a play to collect more data on users to see what they can learn that can be folded into existing more established platforms. So Instagram got stories from a test. So I wouldn't expect Lasso to be a resounding success. Instead, it should really be viewed as an experiment with two goals for Facebook. Uh, They want to figure out whether or or not Lasso can identify what teens find so alluring about TikTok. And they want to answer the question, how can Facebook capitalize? On that understanding. all right, let's talk about Snapchat um, because Snapchat has a couple new features as well as an update to their e-commerce plans. Let's start with the features. The first is friendship profile so, This feature, it has all the content from images to videos to links to messages that users have sent to their friends or groups of friends in an easy-to-find location within the app. So, you can choose the friend that you have on Snapchat and see all the content that the two of you have passed back and forth. Users can also see a friend's location if they have location sharing turned on within the Maps Snap app feature. To access the feature, you simply tap a friend's Bitmoji to access the profiles. The second feature is Bitmoji Stories. This is a new set of comic strips starring users' Bitmojis and the Bitmojis of their friends. Those all live within within the Discover feed. They're, it's kind of fun, and people like reading about themselves, so kind of makes a lot of sense. Lastly, the e-commerce update. So iOS users they can now buy T-shirts, phone cases, mugs, and other items with their own Bitmoji or friends' Bitmojis on them just in time for the holiday. So these are some nice updates for Snapchat, and they make sense given how it lives within the universe of social apps. They're focusing on interpersonal connections, which is really what Snapchat does better than anyone else, whereas Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, they're about a lot of things from news to influencers, whereas what makes Snapchat special is the messages users send to their closest friends. And each of the features that I just talked about, they focus on that aspect of the app, but they do it in a different way. All right, let's jump to our next story and start to get into the section of the podcast that might as well be called Facebook's Woes. So let's talk first about Facebook's TV advertising, because its TV advertising ambitions, they are about to get a little less ambitious. The social network had plans to be able to deliver ads to TV networks and online publishers through connected TV devices. The reason is Facebook was asking for prices that were basically too high, according to advertisers. So the program has been discontinued. Facebook also discontinued Audience Direct. This was a test with a group of publishers who were using Facebook targeting data to sell ads on their own websites and apps. Now, both programs, they hinged on Facebook buying inventory at higher rates than publishers could typically sell on their own. But Facebook then had to sell it to advertisers at even higher rates to make the numbers work in a sustainable way. Now, Facebook has failed to get major media companies on board. They also failed to get Roku, um, the biggest set-top box seller out there, on board. So the hopes were lofty as Facebook was really looking to build a video marketplace that that could compete more directly with TV. Facebook's had its sites set on TV, ad budgets for some time, and in many ways, it's already made quite a bit quite a bit of headway in terms of showing the success of video on its platforms. Watch is next on Facebook's list to expand its online video dominance, which, which it shares with YouTube. TV is proving to be a tougher nut to crack, which from a marketer's standpoint, I think it's a pretty good thing. Facebook and Google, they are quite the duopoly with Amazon kind of attempting to be a third major player there. But Facebook getting a strong foothold on TV that would only expand its empire. That 2018 has shown may have too much influence, and that gets into our next story because uh, the New York Times released a pretty damaging story on Facebook this week, chronicling what the company leadership knew about Russian interference and when, how they responded to their PR troubles, and really just how things continued to get worse. The Times story it goes into a lot of detail, but. Here are a few of the highlights. So the story states that Facebook knew that Russian knew about Russian interference on Facebook as early as spring 2016. Now this is well before Mark Zuckerberg stated that Facebook being used to sway an election was a quote crazy idea unquote. Facebook actually had a year's worth of evidence condemning c- condemning Russia before Facebook came forward to reveal that. Uh, next, uh, Zuckerberg had his team evaluate some of Donald Trump's posts to see if they violated the platform's policy. He was warned that removing the posts would anger Trump supporters, so they didn't take any action. Facebook launched an aggressive lobbying campaign to create and share stories that would shift blame and anger at other to, toward other tech companies instead of Facebook. This included a PR firm hired to share negative stories about politicians criticizing Facebook and focusing anger on other players including Google. Then we had Cambridge Analytica's use of personal data that just made things worse for Facebook, but leadership hoped to contain the issue. Obviously, that wasn't the case. And then it was also revealed that Senator Chuck Schumer asked Senator Mark Warner to back off from criticizing Facebook and shift to working with them. Schumer received more money from Facebook employees than any other member of Congress during 2016 election. So, Those are the highlights. Read the story. It's quite the look. Uh, But for its part, Facebook has decided that, has denied that it hesitated to address and investigate Russian interference. And since the story was, was released, it stopped working with the PR firm that it hired to create negative stories. But that's... Probably not enough the story has renewed calls to regulate Facebook and other tech firms some congressional leaders they have even proposed the idea of breaking up the platform through antitrust action as it's becoming viewed by more people that Facebook is unable to regulate itself. Now, Facebook's moved from one PR crisis to the next in 2018, and one can objectively say Facebook hasn't handled itself very well. In many ways, it's responded as many other companies would by playing defense when it has to and going on offense as best it can, but those those actions and efforts they're really in contradiction to the ethos Facebook seeks to put out there. As a company focused on transparency and interpersonal connections, the, the eroded trust in the platform, it's only eroding more. And from a reputation perspective, it's really difficult to see how Facebook comes back from this from a reputation perspective. But at the end of the day, despite the year Facebook's had, its financial health has not wavered, which, you know, that, that may say just as much about the rest of us, as it does about Facebook. All right, that is it for the week's main stories. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. First up, LinkedIn is testing a feature that lets people and businesses create real, real world events on the platform and then invite LinkedIn users to attend. The feature harkens back to something LinkedIn offered as late as 2012, but eventually shut down. Now, after watching users find their own ways to promote events without that original feature, LinkedIn may be bringing the feature back. The feature lists event attendees and then lets attendees post photos, share comments, and follow the event as it happened. We finally have an answer to what has been the biggest business dating reality show in recent memory. Amazon has decided that its East Coast headquarters will be split between two locations, New York City and Northern Virginia. Pinterest has launched a new holiday shopping feature called Snow Globes. This is an ad unit that allows retailers to share their products within holiday inspired promoted pins. The pins are automatically updated to show users products that they'll be interested in based on their browsing behavior. LinkedIn's company pages, they have been rebuilt from the ground up and are now called LinkedIn pages. The updated pages, they will make make it easier for businesses to manage their presences on the platform with the ability to post updates and respond through LinkedIn's mobile app. They can also associate their pages with hashtags to help them participate in relevant conversations. Lastly, they can share documents with Word docs, share documents like Word docs, PDFs, and PowerPoint presentations. Now, previously, that's a step up because previously they were limited to images, text, and video. Facebook Messenger is rolling out an unsend feature. It lets users delete messages within 10 minutes of sending them. Instagram has three new features to encourage retailers to use the platform for selling. The new collection feature allows users to save links to products in the new shopping section of the app. Shoppable tags are now available for video posts. Lastly, Business Profiles now have a redesigned shop section to simplify the shopping process. And lastly, Uber and Lyft, they both announced loyalty programs this week. Uber has Uber Rewards, which which rewards customers for taking rides and ordering food. Rewards will, will will come in the form of a tiered system, starting with blue, moving to gold, moving to platinum, and ending with diamond. Lyft is offering a similar program. All right. That is it for episode 342 of Brave Ad World. That was a lot. Uh, Before I let you go, I do want to hear from you. Send questions, comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think, and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at twigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also find my personal thoughts and insight on marketing at braveadworld.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. If you're here in the United States and you're celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Like I said, taking the week off for the holiday, but we'll be back shortly thereafter. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.